Welcome to 96.3 OHM Radio. This is Tales from the Manor, presented to you by Enough Pie. Enough Pie is a nonprofit organization in Charleston's Upper Peninsula that uses creativity to connect and empower the community. Tales from the Manor features a conversation with residents of Joseph Floyd Manor with me, Jay Smith, and my co-host, Summer Anderson. Joseph Floyd Manor is a public housing high-rise in Charleston's Upper Peninsula filled with unique and wise elders who have incredible stories to share with the world. So we're here to shine a little light on these neighbors and learn a bit more about the people that came before us. So thank you so much for listening. And today I'd like to welcome my special guest, Curtis Thompson. Thank you for being here, Curtis. Thank you also. Curtis, thank you. Yes. We're happy you're sitting here with us tonight. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us where and when you were born and a little bit about the place where you grew up? I was born in Charleston, South Carolina on the east side in 1953. I am the fifth child of the eight children. My mother did domestic work. My dad worked at the Navy Yard, forklift driver. And uh, on that particular side, the east side was a rough side. And... uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, we were low-income in- area, but my parents was able to buy a house on Drake Street, and we did very well. I also picked up a, on that side, I picked up a job while I was young because of the financial difficulty we had at that time, and I was able to, you know, get the things that I really wanted in life from just working, you know. How old were you when you started working, and what was your first job? I started working when I was about nine. I used to help the janitor in school. Um, after school, I would sweep the hall and sweep the classes, and um, I would get my lunch free. Yeah. And he would he would buy me clothes and um, things like that, you know what I mean? And, and my parents really appreciate that because they need help would have yeah. been good, you know? Were they children? Yes. Need all the help you can get. That's right. <laughs> I love a big family, and it's really good to have relatives around you that support you, and you can just grow up (laughs) kind of just around a tight-knit group of people. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like you guys had a a nice time, even with with the struggles and everything that went on. You you persevered and made it through, and um, is... The street you grew up on, is it any different from where you live now? Or Yes. Yes, it is. It's, it's very different. But first of all, you know, at that time, um, I have five sisters and two more brothers. Mm-hmm. And it um, seemed like you know, we got along great. Uh, today, it's more difficult for people to communicate for some reason. But at, at back in those days, we actually really did show concern. Right. About other people, you know. So um, that was good. I, I don't see that now. On Drake Street, um, all the black people on, on Drake Street, Afro-American, they used to own their house, but maybe about two or three people around there own their houses now, you know. People wow. just moving out of downtown. Things are getting very expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so is there anything that you would like to change 
from that 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 difference because it seems like it's it's changed a lot especially in the downtown area just me being here i've noticed that a lot of people have the same story where there was a lot of uh, african-american families in the houses here and now that they're they're not and it's becoming a little bit more scarce and people are coming in and buying up places Mm -hmm. and making them new and it's just like the mm-hmm. history is kind of of you know that yes. is kind of just being erased mm-hmm. slowly. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything that you'd like to change about that situation? Are you are you on board with the change, or how how do you feel about it? You know, when I when I came back from uh, uh, Germany because I I was uh, in Germany about three years. Uh, mm-hmm. When I came back over here, I found out that a lot of things was different. You know, um, I came from Germany was a very clean place, right. and when I came back and I didn't know how ragged Charleston was till I came back. But you know, a lot of older folks just actually value things, you know what I mean? They really did take care of things. Uh, my mother and uh, the neighbors would actually sweep the street every Sunday, you know? They're, they're, I mean, Saturday morning, and um, we just had an area that was very clean, you know? And um, everybody was concerned about each other at that time. But today, you know, it's hard. To, getting able to be as close as they was back in the day, you know. Do you think that um, that could be because of the people that are moving into the new areas, the age gap, maybe? Uh, the older th- generation was there and they kind of, you know, like community and mm-hmm. tight-knit things and everybody does for each other, but younger people may not be doing that. Do you think that yeah. could have something to do with it? Well, you know, uh, back in those days, uh, everyone what they had, what they call a relationship with God, you know what I mean? Um, at that time, you would find all the older folks would attend church, and that helps a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And um, these days, because, you know, uh, a lot of people don't get into a relationship, or don't have a, a connection with any kind of uh, spiritual, you know, identity, so it's kind of difficult now. You know, be, just for instance, you know, uh, for me, I found out that without godliness, the man cannot never be the man that he's supposed to. So we had that back in those days. So when people grow together, you know, you find lacks of lack of love and lack of care. You know, so back in those days was great, but now it's different. When you mention your faith, has that been important to you through your whole life? Has it always been there? Or is that something that? Has- well, you know. Um, even even when I was younger, uh, I used to stay a lot with my granddad. My granddad would, would go to church. And I would I remember walking all uh, on the other side of town, you know, in the nighttime and come back home real late and go to sleep. And that helped me out a lot, you know. And uh, but it was mandatory that we go to the church. Uh, even if my parents didn't go to church, we had to go to church, you know. Right. So, so that 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 did help a lot, you know. Yes. And was your grand was your grandfather the relative that you were closest to? Yes, you know, um, because of the eight people being my family, um, my grandparents, you know, did what they had to do, you know, to lighten the things on my parents. So, uh, and then he knew I was a worker, so I would, you know. If he wanted me to do something, I would jump to it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so since having that relationship um, with Christ and um, with your family growing up in church, I know I come from a really strong 
background of um, just church in general. I grew up Kojic. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> then I grew up AME. <laughs> so I, I definitely know the ins and outs of um Actually, I wouldn't say force, but, you know, being encouraged to go and um, create that relationship with him. And I know how special it is mm-hmm. and and how it can really take your future life to a whole nother level. Yeah. So with that uh, corporation, with his the Lord's corporation into your life, um, do you think your life is any different than you have imagined or has he? taking it different places that you never did imagine or tell me a little bit about that now you know it wasn't always easy you know when I uh I went to trade school in in 79 and I I graduated in about uh in 81 and I came back here and worked for a little while and I went into the service and uh but when I got out of service and I came back and started working uh, back in Charleston, hanging around with certain friends, I I I had about ten years of my life that I unaccounted for. Wow. Right now, I'm I was a, I am a ordained preach um, minister for going on six years right now. Wow! And um, I know that it was the Lord that carried me all the way through that. You know what I mean? Right. And after I thought about the time that that uh that I wasn't a lot of difficulty. I know who was holding holding my hand at that time, you see. Exactly. So I, I began to, to kind of wonder how I got over. Right. And I know it was <laughs> him that was taking me over, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So you mentioned you were in the service. Uh, I think that might have a little thing to do with the hat that I always see you wearing. I mm-hmm. see you almost every day. And... You're wearing this black beret with a leather uh, rim on it. And I'm mm-hmm. always like, that's the spiffiest hat I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. <laughs> and so does that have anything to do with it? Well, you know, I, you know, I learned a lot of discipline in, uh, in the military. And um, besides being going in the military, I never went any place. Charleston was my home. I would go uptown, lost Charleston downtown. But, but the service gave me the opportunity to travel. And I became kind of close with a lot of people I never did know in my life. Not only black, white, Puerto Rican, you know, and Indian, Hawaiian. And um, so it helped me a lot to know that there's different people and get to know them and interact with them and everything, you know what I mean? It did a lot for me. So um, I wasn't a a fighting unit, I was an infantryman. And um, Third Armored Division in Germany, we was in comeback support. And a lot of my friends was kind of macho. I became macho myself. So, you know, I'm, I'm proud. I was proud to serve my country. You know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of honorable that when I when I got out of the service, I was able to give my mother an honorable discharge paper for her to put on the wall. So that that I'm still proud of that right now. What do you think the biggest lesson you learned in the service was? Well, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that. Uh, there's, there's, there's certain forces in this world that I try to keep people from being unity, mm-hmm. united together. And sometimes it, it would take a fight in order for, to get that to work. But I found out that people of different culture can actually get together, you know what I mean, for a common cause. Right. And um, I learned not to take everything personal. 
You know what I mean? And that, and, and all treat people like they're supposed to be treated. You know what I mean? That's a good lesson. Yes. Well, yes. We could all relearn that lesson That's in right. this day and age, I That's think. That's right. That's right. Definitely. Um, you spoke about how trying to keeping people on track and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think that might have something to do with uh, <coughs> why the residents of JFM elected you to be the Residents Association president. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. What does that mean to you? And I see you trying to get them together and mm -hmm. doing different projects and trying to get just everybody in the building to feel like they're at home. So what does that role mean to you? You know what? I, I didn't want to be the president. I, I you know, I had a lot of work other to do for the ministry. And um, but they sense something that within me that I was able to bring together. And the resident we have, we had 156 apartment, I believe. And mm -hmm. and we have about maybe about 200 people that live there. But anyway, uh, some of them sick, some of them uh, got you know, physical ailment, and some of them got mental ailment, you okay. know. And um, to work with them, you got to be sympathetic, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and have empathy also, you know, to be able, because uh, being a president, they come to me with lots of problems. And not only about maintenance, certain things ain't working, but you have a lot of people that never live in close vicinity with people. So hey. I would try to talk to them how to get along. And um, with some problem, I think we have just carried God, you know, with it for some of them. But um, I really do care about them, and I hope, you know, things get better for most of them, you know. When you look back at your life, what would you say you're the proudest of? Um, one of them is uh, having an honorable discharge. The next one is um, I'm proud that I was ordained. Uh, those were, it were certain things in my life that uh, God knew me before I knew myself. And because of the, the difficulty I had in my life, for instance, I had a drug problem one time. Mm -hmm. And one of the main things in the ministry that I'm in, if anyone come there with a drug problem, I had a drug problem, I'm going through it, they would give me that person. Right. Because you got to know what you're fighting against. A lot of people don't know what they're fighting against when they, when they think about drugs. Absolutely. So, and the only way that I can help that person is because I was an overcomer. Right. You see, so I, I know how they feel. Yes. So when they tell me, say, you don't know, I know. You've been there. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm able to, and, and that's a great fight. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but you yeah. also give them hope because they look at you and yeah. they see that they can, they, yeah. there is hope and they can yeah. 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 get over it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, in, um, I was in a recovery program at the VA hospital. And um, my first recovery, I think when I got out, I failed about two weeks later. Mm -hmm. And the next one, I failed about six months later. And I found out that, you know, uh, when, I, when I went to a higher power, I... I, I did no, no longer need recovery because I was delivered from it. Wow. Yeah. That's because you really surrendered. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, most things that, um, to, to be a light in this world, you have to have uh, some kind of supernatural power to, embedded in you right. to achieve that, 
you know, so even when you get to lay, you're able to see the future, see? Because in prosperity, the way God, I understand it from God is your burden light and your pathway bright. Yeah, I like that. So when you have a connection with God, he don't make things hard for you. He opens you the doors he and you walk yeah, through yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, all you got to do is bear with it because you're not bearing with it alone. Right. And then to be able to know the future, see, I know where I'm going at. You know what I'm saying? Because he carried me, right. you know, carry me places. I'm surprised to even be here, you know? Oh. Yeah. We're happy you are. Mm-hmm. For those of you that are just tuning in, I'm Jay Smith, and I'm your host of Tales from the Manor. And we're talking to Curtis Thompson, uh, just a little bit about his life and his journey and his faith with the Lord. And uh, he has a song here called Jesus Cares by the Barnes family. And we're going to take a short break here and let you listen to it and uh, just enjoy the music. And we'll be back with a little bit more from Curtis Thompson.
we're back. Thank you so much for tuning in to 96.3 FM OM Radio, your nonprofit, non-commercial local radio station. We are broadcasting live from Workshop at 1503 King Street inside the OM Radio studio. I'm Summer Anderson, and I'm along with Jay Smith, the host of Tales from the Manor. For those of you who are just joining us, we have been talking with Curtis Thompson, and we're so excited he's here. So, Curtis, your song that you chose, Jesus Cares by the Barnes Family, how does that song connect with you? It's a very beautiful song, and um, it brought back some of my <laughs> old Kojic memories. Yeah. So how does that song connect with you? You know, sometimes in life, uh, I, I lost I lost a son in, in, uh, in 80 wow. in, uh, on a car wreck, and I lost my wife in 82. Wow. And certain times when uh, when holidays come, like birthday and Christmas and stuff like that, um, I'd be by myself most of the time, not because, just because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those times that when I feel a little hurt, I sing, I sing that song, you know what I mean? Because when you connect to someone, you really miss them, you know what I mean? And uh, sometimes it's just wonder, you know what I mean? Have you ever experienced death with someone close? There's a certain time that, you know, bother you sometimes. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I bet. It's uh, very uplifting, especially going through yeah. those troubled yeah. times. That song just, get me through it. Right. Yeah. Just to know that he cares and that yeah. he's here with you yeah. and you don't have to, like you said, walk it alone. You're not alone in it. That's so. right. That's right. Curtis, if you could hold on to one memory from your life, what, what would it be? Um, I think, uh, there, there, there was a, there's a, there's an apostle who did, died about a few weeks ago. Um, years ago, back in 96, I was getting off a bus and a friend of mine told me to come walk with him. And we went on Cypress Street, number 35. And, uh, and the, inside there was about four or five people. And I know it was a place that, you know, a praying house, you know. But I joined them in, um, in 96, and the guy died the other day. And I always remember him because he helped me along, you know. Yeah. Um, we get deep in the study of theologies and stuff like that, you know. And, and um, so now and then we are able to practice, you know what I mean. I think I have a—I learn a lot from him, you know, so— that's one thing that I, I would always carry with me. It, it's sad that, that he left because he wasn't that old. He was only 61, mm-hmm. you know. But um, God know, know, knows the right thing to do, you know. Yeah. Was he the reason you became a priest? Uh, a minister. A minister, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. You know, um, when there's a certain part that in life things get de- die in, inside of you. Yeah. When when you see kids playing, they you can see true love and true friendship. But along the way, we begin to to lose something. Yeah. And when 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 you find God, what He do? He resurrect those things that was dead in me, you know, and, and make it anew. Right. So I can actually truly love a person like He's supposed to. Today I can be a good friend, a good son, a good neighbor. A good husband, you know, a good uh, individual in the community, you know. So those things are excited, you know what I mean. So it was, and and through him, you mm-hmm. know, nurturing through him, you know, I'm still practicing that right now today. 
Amazing. Yeah. A good radio show guest, too. You can add that. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis, while we're on the topic of remembrance, um, how would you like to be remembered? You know, um, right now, I, uh, I teach at A Voice of Hope on St. Phillips Street, 249 St. Phillips Street. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, I do a lot of studying, and I get into it. And when I first started speaking, uh, I would always get nervous mm-hmm. and um, anxiety. But after I said two or three words, you know, it seemed like something come over it me. And, on yeah, out. you know what I'm saying? And one day, a guy on Columbus Street came and talked to me, and he said, he said, man, you helped me out a lot. I didn't know, because when you speak to people, you don't know who, who all taking it in. Right. But I met him, he told me how much I helped him. That had made me feel so good, because sometimes you don't know who's taking in what you're saying, you know. And I, I, I felt really, really, really good about that, you know, yeah. that I can help someone. That's a great way to be remembered as someone who helps and who aids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as my brother likes to say, he's in the ministry of help. So yeah. <laughs> you're definitely in the ministry of help. Yeah. And that's yeah. a great way to be remembered. Mm-hmm. It's an honorable way to be remembered. Yes. Does it ever feel like, because you're a leader in your church and in your community and even in the place in which you live, does it ever feel like pressure or well, too much responsibility? You know, um, I believe that um, sometimes when when God gives you almost like a shepherd heart, um, you know that um, in church they got something that, what he called the clean hand syndrome, uh-huh. you know. So, um, What's that? You, in other, in other words, you always want to teach them right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to say nothing that will cause them to stumble or fall. You know what I mean? So I take what I teach them so very serious that I try to get it, make things so plain to them that they can follow, you know, certain direction, you know. Right. Yeah. You boil it down to its simplest. Yes, yes, mes- yes. Uh, my message, is, uh, yes. the children's message is mm-hmm. always my favorite. Be- because I, I believe that, uh, you know, the church is a, is a, is a, uh, a place that want to help people. And um, a lot of people can't come there for comfort, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, because certain things in their life, you know. And when, when they're there, I want, I want them to be able to kind of learn that they go out not, not the same way that they come in. They go out being a better person. Yeah. Yes. You've been listening to Enough Pies, Tales from the Manor, a conversation with residents of the Joseph Floyd Manor with me and my co-host, Jay Smith. To learn more about Enough Pie, a nonprofit that uses creativity to connect and empower our community in Charleston's Upper Peninsula, please visit enoughpie.org. To learn more about Ohm Radio, please visit www.ohmradio963.org. Thank you so much, Curtis, for joining us today. You were an incredible guest. We appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Yes, Curtis, and I really hope to see you do more in the community soon. And I got my eye on you, watching you with the <laughs> with your beret. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much Thank for you joining very much. us. Thank you.